Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Pastor Rudy Lugo. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Me and my family, we're going to Texas. Come on. You know, and, and it's an exciting thing. We're excited about it. We're going into San Antonio, if some of you don't know. But uh, we're excited to go there. And we, don't, we know we're going, but we don't know when. And that's the thing. We don't know when. Uh, we had a time frame of about March or April. But now it's, it's moving faster. It may be, maybe January, maybe February. But it's moving, and we're, we're preparing for that. And, and, and we know that time is short. And here's the thing, right now we're trying to cram in, you know, all of our, our dinner dates, you know, our visiting a family and friends, having people come over. So we're super busy right now preparing because we know pretty soon we're going to go. We don't know exactly when, but we know we're going. So, so we're spending all this time preparing for what God has for us. And we're doing this. And, and, and if, if, you ask my, if you ask my kids when we first got launched in, in, the early, in early August, they were excited. We're going to plant a church in San Antonio. How cool is that? You know, we're going to go out there and it's going to be just like Paramount. You know, all these people are going to show up. We're going to have an awesome worship team. You know, it's going to be awesome. We're going to go there and to spend time with the Lord. And, and now, and now if you ask me, if you ask my son Zeke, he really doesn't want to talk about it. Because the reality here, he smiles. But when we drive home and we're talking about Texas, he'll, he may even shed a tear because he's like, well, when are we coming back? When are we coming back? And, and what about my friends? What about my family? And all these things. And that's the reality, right? And, and it's hard. And I was thinking about this. I was, as Christians, you know, this is, what, this is the way we should live our lives. You know, we should live our lives knowing that we're with the Lord. And we, you know, we, uh, we're saved, you know, if, if you've given your life to him. And, but you're not sure, you know, when he's coming, but we know it's, the time is short. And, and we should be preparing. We should be living our best life knowing, you know, we want to live for the Lord. And, and we want to tell our friends, you know, on our families about his goodness and his grace and his love. And everything that you need, you find it in Jesus. We should live that way, telling people, you know, this is, what, this is what God has done for me. This is what, what I've experienced in the Lord's presence, and we're doing that. But my question is, are we preparing that way? Or, or, or are we wasting time? Because time is precious, and it's going fast. And, you know, I notice that now because, you know what, we're in, we got launched in August, and it's October, and we're going next week to visit, and all of a sudden, Pretty soon, you know, January is going to come around, and, and, and nothing's holding us back from going now. We're just finding, we're looking for a place to live now. And so the time is short, and it's precious, and we're preparing. But, but are you doing this as a believer tonight? Are you, are you preparing for when Jesus returns? Are you telling your family and, and friends, you know, that there, there's love in Jesus? You know what? He's the answer you need, and, and when you come to him, that's where you find your peace, and, and you're restored, and you're delivered, and all the good things that God has for you, he's waiting for you. Amen. So I tell you this. If you're not doing that, it's time, it's time to stop wasting time. Don't waste time anymore. And I titled this message, Don't Waste Time Anymore. So I'm going to pray as I get started tonight. So if you would pray with me. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for everyone here, Lord, that they get to sp spend time with you in your presence. I thank you, Lord, because you love every, every person in here tonight. And I pray, Lord, you remove every distraction from our thoughts, and you just fill our minds with you and what you have for us. I pray everyone receives what you have for them tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Can we give them some praise tonight? God is good. Amen. My text is going to be out of, 
out of the book of Mark in chapter 2. You can turn there, but I'm not going to start there yet. Um, uh, I, I wanted to share when uh, last Saturday morning prayer, if some of you, some of you are here, you, you, you heard this, but we were talking about different things in our hearts, and, and we'll share a thought, and we'll pray for different needs. But Pastor Omar, he said, he said something and said, make good use of your time. And he, he made reference to uh, uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and he sa- it says this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And I ask you, are you making the most out of every opportunity? I remember growing up thinking, you know what, uh, I had all this time in the world, and, and, and I don't think I was thinking about being careful with my life. I, I, didn't, I didn't think about, you know, being too wise and what, what I was doing, and, and I was just doing, I just did whatever I wanted to do. Have you been there? Do you live that way sometimes? I did as a kid anyways, and, and I, I did a lot of things that probably most fools did and wasn't very wise. I did things that I wouldn't do today. You know, I remember uh, as a, a young teenager uh, at our school, uh, we used to play tag at night on the roofs of our school. We used to run and jump across. They were like bungalows. So it was close. We would do that. We, didn't, we wanted to play in the dark so it was easier to get around. You could hide. And all these things. And I'm like, why did I do that? You know, what if we would have fallen? And, you know, thank God nothing, nothing happened like that. But I was so carefree and careless, and, and, and that's the way I live. You know, I, I, I wasn't making, I wasn't thinking, is this, is this smart? Is this wise to do this? No, I wasn't thinking that. And, and I remember after high school, after I accomplished, you know, this great accomplishment, I, I graduated high school, I didn't want to go to school anymore, and I didn't even want to work. I, you know, I was, I was 17, and I thought I had the right to take it easy now. I graduated, I, I, you know, it was a big accomplishment for my family anyways at the time, and, and I wanted to sit back and relax. I remember I had a scholarship to Cal State Long Beach, and I had a number of grants to go to school, but I decided I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay with my friends, because they weren't going. I wanted to stay and hang out and do what they did, and, and I didn't care. But I, I, I realized that by, by relaxing and staying home, I needed money to do that. Because if you stay home, you don't earn any money. And so I'm like, I can't do the things I want to do because I have no money, I have no income. So then it, you know, it hit me, I said, you know what? I better do something. I guess I'm going to go to school. And then when I wanted to go back, they said, your scholarship has expired, young man. Your, your grants no longer apply for you. And if you want to, you can reapply next semester. And I'm thinking, what? I thought I could just show up and I'm ready to go. I wasn't very wise back then. I'm getting, I'm getting better now as I get older. So, so this is what happened. So I, I wasted time doing that. And, and uh, my uncles, they work for the refineries. They said, hey, uh, I can get you a job. You can be a laborer at the refinery. And some of you that if you've worked in the refinery, you know the laborer job, man, that can be some tough work. And, and especially if you're the youngest guy in the totem pole and you're there, you're, you're brand new. They would send me down the shafts to do some cleaning. And, and I would get so overworked because I would do shutdowns. So we would go in early and work 12-hour shifts. I'd be there all day. I'm 18 years old. And, and, and I think I'm getting the dirtiest. And I'm not... They're just saying, here, we got this young guy, let, let him work, you know. And I would do that, and I would come home so exhausted. I remember my mom would see me. She goes, take a shower outside. Don't come in yet. Because I'd be full of just dirt and soot and everything. And so I say that because then I would get in, and I would dirty the bathroom, take a shower, and I would soak in there. And all I would do was go to sleep because I had to get up again for the morning to do it again. And I kept doing this for like about two, three weeks for that job, and all of a sudden I got laid off. And that's what happens. You go for a certain time, and then you go back. You go back to apply for another one, or you look for another one. So that's what I was doing. And I remember this, this man asked me, you know, what are you going to do with your life? You know, you're so young. You're 18. And, and I didn't know, but I know I didn't want to do that. I go, no, I don't want to do this. 
And see, and that's a problem sometimes because if you don't know what you want to do or, or how to get there, you may get discouraged. And so if you're discouraged, you, you continue to waste time because you start feeling sorry for yourself and you don't know how to get there. And if you don't have anybody to tell you, you, just, you kind of sulk in that. And I say that because he told me something that impacted my life. He said, if you want more, don't waste time and make the most of your opportunities. You're young. Take advantage of it. Go to school and do all these things. And, and, and right after I had that conversation, I knew I didn't want to do that. And so I just made a rash decision. And I said, I'm going to go to the Air Force. And I'm going to go. And I went to take a test. They said, okay, it's good enough. You're going in a couple months. And, and, that, and that was good for me. I was like, okay, I want to do something. But I wasted all that time to make that decision to do this. And I tell you tonight, the theme of my message is don't waste your time anymore. Don't waste time anymore. And I'm going to read out of the book of Mark, chapter 2. If you're there, I'm going to start uh, uh, verse 18. It says, once, once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst, with, burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would be both lost. New wines call for new wineskins. So Jesus at the time, if you know the story, he's speaking to some religious people, you know, the Pharisees and people th thinking you have to do this, to, you know, to, to please God. And, and so he was, he was talking to these people, these Pharisees and then the, the righteous, self-righteous people, and they were following him everywhere he went. They weren't following him to learn. They were following him to question him and to criticize him, try to catch him in different things. And so they had their mind set in a certain way, in a religious way and in their way in their old way, and Jesus was bringing something new. And, and when he wanted to explain to them, he gave them examples of what he was talking about. He was bringing the new to their old. And so when he was talking about the, the patching of the old clothing with, with new cloth, he was telling them, you know what, here's what happens. When you put that new patch on old clothing, when you wash them, the patch is going to shrink. And when that happens, it's going to tear away from the old, and it's going to rip. And now they're both no good. You see, the old can't, taint, can't contain what the new's bringing. And so then he, he went on to talk about the new wine, adding new wine to an old wineskin. It didn't make sense. You see, back then, wineskins were containers uh, that were made from anim animal skin like goats, and they were used to transfer uh, milk and water and oil and even wine. And so the reason why old wineskins, that they can't contain new wine is because they become brittle. They become brittle and old, and they lose their elasticity. And see, when new wine ferments, it starts to create gases, and they expand, and, and that rips the wineskin. So old wineskins are usually thrown away. They're not used, or they're used for old wine. So the old can, cannot contain the new. And I say that this, this evening because I want you to know this, that that's when we come to the Lord and we become a new creation. We decide to surrender to him and say, Lord, I want all you have. Uh, you become like new wineskin. However, you know, when God wants to pour into you, he wants to pour new wine, which is the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you up. But if you try to live the old way, come on, if you try to live the old lifestyle, the old way, the things you've been doing, you can't contain what God has for you. You can't put the new into the old. So I, I tell you this, that we're... When you do that, when you want to live the old ways, you haven't fully given your life to the Lord. You've, you've received him, but you haven't surrendered the old things. You're, you become like the old wineskin. And what happens, you become brittle. You become fragile and rigid, and there's no room to grow, 
right? And so what Jesus does, he brings the new for you because he wants to pour in the new wine into you, which is the, new, the Holy Spirit, amen? But when we get stuck with the old wineskin, when we get stuck with that way, we can't receive anymore. Say you've been coming and, and for, for a few months or even a few years, you've been coming and, and you start becoming complacent and, and stagnant with yourself. And you say, you know what? I can't really receive there anymore. I don't know what's going on, but I don't get excited anymore. I don't get excited for the worship. I want to sit in the back. You know, I, I, I can't be told what to do anymore. I don't want to receive from anybody. You start getting that old wineskin mentality because Jesus wants to pour the Holy Spirit and the new wine in you, but you're not allowing him to do that. Amen? Remember, remember this. Jesus didn't come to add new wine to the old wine. He didn't come to add religion. He came to replace it with a relationship with him. You have to remember that tonight. See, the enemy, the enemy, he doesn't want you to become that all God, all God has for you. You know, the biggest lying strategy is, don't worry, you haven't, uh, uh, I'm not ready yet. Don't worry, I'll come to the Lord when I'm right, when I'm ready to receive him. Right now, it's not my time. But on the other hand, there are people in church, maybe not this one, but there are people in church that are living for God, but they, they become tired and complacent and stagnant, and, and they begin to miss opportunities because they're not allowing God to pour in them anymore. When you, when you don't allow that, you miss what God has for you. When, when there's revival in this place, which there is, lives are being changed and touched, and we're, we're seeing it. But if that's not happening with you, you got to check yourself. Are you becoming the old wineskin again? Amen? So I say that because we need to stop wasting time. That's exactly what the enemy wants. When you do that, you allow the enemy his, his victory. He wants to say, okay, I'm controlling them. They're the old way and not the new way. So he wants to prevent that from you. I remember when I came to this church and, and I was new and I was excited. I started seeing things. And, and then I started seeing the things that, you know, everybody else sees in the, in the natural. Ooh, people are not as friendly as I thought sometimes. Oh, you know, I get offended sometimes. And, I, and all these natural things that happen, right? You know, sometimes you're coming in here and you're expecting, you know, the perfect music. And all of a sudden it's too loud for you or the lights are too, these lights are really bright, but they're good. But, but it bothers you and everything starts bothering you. You start nitpicking. And I remember I was going through that. And then it came to a point, I'd been coming about a year or so. And I said, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know what I want, but I really don't want to commit to, to different things. I don't want to say yes, because I, then they're going to use me. And then I'm going to be busy, and then I'm not going to have time to do anything else. If I commit, then I don't know. Maybe I'll miss my opportunity on the outside. But in the reality, I was missing what was going on here. And it came to a point where I was talking to Brother Cal, and, and, I, and I, he was, there's so much wisdom in him. And I would say, Brother Cal, I'm feeling this itch. I need to do something for the Lord. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm ready for what God has for me. And the same weekend, the same weekend, Pastor Omar comes to me and says, I want you to lead a Bible study. I'm like, oh, my gosh. How fast did God answer that? You see, here's the thing, church. Here's the thing. God was calling me long before, but I wasn't listening. Or maybe I was too busy. Or maybe I didn't want to hear. But he was allowing me to see what he had for me in other people. I was seeing other people change, and they were doing things for God, and I wanted that. Could it be, church, that God was waiting for me to say, God, I want more. I want you. Do, use me as, as whoever you want. I want more of you. So I ask you tonight, have you asked God for more? You've been, you might have been coming here for, you know, for a while, but have you asked God for more, or, or are you still sitting there where you were five years ago? It's, it, it, it's, it's natural to do that. It, I'm, I'm not saying that if you have a ministry going on and, and you're happy in that place, have you asked God for more? Or you say, I don't want to do more because I won't be able to handle it. See, God wants to pour the new wine into the new wineskin. 
He won't pour in new if you're beginning to become old in your spirit and say, I can't do anymore. That's not the truth. God, what he has for you, he'll make a way for you. Amen? <clears throat> I say this, we can't, <clears throat> we got to stop wasting time. When God wants to pour into you, church, he wants to pour into you. He has more for you. Don't settle where you're at. You know what? You might be doing a great job. God might be blessing it, but he has more for you. He has more for you, and he wants to pour into you. You have to allow him to do that. And here's the thing. When you, when you do that, when you say, God, give me more. I want more of you. I want more of you. And then he starts to pour into you. And when he does that, there's an overflow of the fullness of God. In Ephesians chapter 3, it should be on the screen, verse 18 to 19. I'm reading the, new, the, uh, the Passion Translation. It says that then you will be empowered to discover whatever holy one, what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love? How enduring and inclusive is it? Endless love beyond measurement and that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. So I'm telling you this because this is, when, when, I, when I go to God and say, God, I want more, I have to make myself ready. First, I want to say, you know what, I want to get this, uh, this stuff in my life that's hindering me from what you have for me. Pour into me. Pour into me. And I, I don't want you to have to pour new wine into old wine. Because, you know, I've, I've used that up. I want more of you. I want to be refreshed. Because it can happen when you get busy in church. When you try to take on too much and say, I want to do this, I want to do that. And you start to get, you know what, I'm pulled in every direction. I don't have time for anything else. Because maybe God doesn't want you in that area, but he has something new for you. But I say if your ministry, don't just leave your ministry for another one. This is the time to seek God and go to God and go to your leader, go to your pastor and say, this is what I'm feeling. I want more from the Lord. And let them guide you and direct you and pour into you. Because God, God will use them to do that. You know, just remember this. you got to get rid of the old to get ready for the new. Remember that you have to get rid of something to get something. You have to make room for what God has for you. Imagine this. I was thinking about this uh, last night when I was, I was trying to think of an example. So I was thinking, okay, let's say you go to the gym. How many go to the gym? No, you don't have to answer that. So if you're going to the gym and you work out hard, you have a good time and you get a good sweat going, you've been there two straight hours, you got some cardio going or whatever you're doing in there, and you come home and, and you want to fill the tub, you know, with hot water, and you fill it up and you just get in there and soak, and you just start to soak, and, you know, well, you're cleaning your nails, you know, you're just scrubbing, you're just soaking, right? You're getting every, all the junk off of you. And you're sitting there, and then, and then you get up, and you get out, and you dry yourself off. You go to bed, and you sleep good. And then, you know what, I felt, that felt good. I'm going to go to the gym again. So then you go back and say, you know what, I'm going to get this. I'm going to work hard. I felt good last night. I'm working hard this time. And you do that, and you break a sweat. You just feel good. You lost 10 pounds that same day. <laughs> the mirror says that anyway. I think they make the, the mirrors skinnier in there. They make you look skinnier. But you do that, and then you get home, and you realize you forgot to drain the water. It's a little murky. It's a little soapy. Are you going to get in that? Or are you going to drain it first and put new water in there? You see, that's what God wants to do. See, through our lives, we get all this buildup in us. We go through the sin. We go through the bitterness. Somebody upsets us. We might give them the, the wave. We might do whatever. We start filling this stuff up, right? But God wants to pour the new wine into the old, but he wants you to get rid of that. Amen. So I was, that's a pretty good example, right? <laughs> Leaving that old water there. I was trying to think of a good one, but anyways, praise God. See, Jesus doesn't want to add new wine to the old, in the, in the old wine skin. He wants to pour his love, pour his wine in, into his new creation. 
the one that he loves, the one that he wants to overflow with the fullness of God. So I, as I was praying tonight before I came here, this is for you. Stop living a life of regret. God brought you here for a reason, and the word that has been given to you will come to pass. You haven't responded yet because you've been discouraged. And because you've been discouraged, you've been wasting time. But it's time to keep asking. It's time to get up and ask God and say, God, use me. I want more of you. Don't sit in that life of regret. Just because you've been coming here and you haven't done everything God has called you to do, you, you feel it. Don't live in a shame or regret like I haven't done it yet. God is still waiting. And he's waiting to pour the new wine, the refreshed wine into you. You're ready and, and allow God to do that. He's still waiting. I say that because I want you to keep asking, keep knocking, keep doing those, keep seeking the Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, we know this verse that says, keep on asking and you will receive what, he, uh, what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Don't stop asking. He will answer you and you'll receive it. Don't stop seeking him. Seek and you will find. Don't stop knocking. Please don't stop knocking. He's waiting for you. That door will be opened. You see, I was reading, you know, why people waste time, and there's so many different time wasters and reasons why. But I just put a couple down here because the first one is the fear of change. You know, and, and, and Pastor Roman always says, change is my friend. So what's there to fear? Change. Because you don't know it's the unknown. What's going to happen if I do this? I'm so set in this way. But sometimes you have to change to allow God to pour into you. So I would say that don't fear the change. Uh, just roll with it. Allow God to work through you. Some people fear of being hurt again. They, they'd say, no, I've done that already, and I don't want to do it again because I don't want to repeat the same cycle. But the thing is that God allowed you to go through that to prepare you, make you stronger for you to go through it again. Amen? Another thing, people have a fear of failing, and you don't want to repeat the same mistake. And I was thinking about that because I've been there. I've done a, different, I've done a few things, and uh, a few years ago, I, I, I tried to do my own business venture, and I know my, uh, my comadre uh, Helen remembers when I lost the business, I said, I feel like such a failure. And she was like, oh, no, you're not. But I said, I feel that way. And I said, I don't know what I made mistakes, and I just feel bad. But I got up because, you know what, I knew what God had for me. He had more for me. And that was four years ago now. My life is totally different. Because if I would have stayed there and said, no, what, I, I, got, I got to do something else. I don't know. I made a mistake and I, I failed. And that wasn't the first fail, a failure. There's many. But God allows those things to strengthen you, to prepare you for what he has next for you. And so I, I tell you that this evening because you've heard the stories of failure and success that comes from there. And I just put a couple here that you've already heard of. But Albert Einstein, if you don't know, he's failed through school. He failed at his first sales job. Hey, not everybody can do sales. But... But he was known for his brilliant mind. Bill Gates, he failed at his first attempt at a software company. Well, you know the rest, right? Dr. Seuss, his first book was rejected 28 times, but didn't give up. And I think about you know, in the year 2000, it sold over six, 600 million copies worldwide. And I'm sure it's more now. That was 20 years ago already. But you see these people that, that, that failed over and over. What would happen if they gave up? Our kids, our kids wouldn't have Dr. Seuss books. Think about that. I love those books. And I, and I put this one here because uh, uh, J.K. Rowling, if you know, you know the story, she was, she was a single mother. She was living on welfare. She had to support her daughter. It took her seven years to write her first Harry Potter book. And then when she did that, it got denied or rejected by 12 major publishing houses. And so when she finally got it published, well, then look what happened. What if she would have gave up and got discouraged and said, this is not for me. Maybe I wasted my life writing seven years. But because she stayed 
uh, stood fast. And she said, no, this is what I believe in. See, should I tell you this? You have, if you believe in this, if you believe in the harvest, if you believe in this, keep pushing forward. Don't stay down when you fail, when you make a mistake. It's going to happen. But you get up because God wants to pour new wine into you. New wine. Allow him to do that. Amen? And when you fail, just remember, the Lord will lift, lift you up. In Psalms 42, it says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and out of the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. Don't be afraid when you fail. God is with you. Uh, Isaiah 41.10, don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Don't stay there where you think that you failed and you can't do any more. Get up. Don't waste any more time. Tell yourself, don't waste any more time when, you, when you've gone through something. When, you, when you're feeling like you're stuck in a rut and you feel like, you know what, I don't know what else God has for me. Stop wasting time. Say, I got to stop wasting time. I got to get up because God has more for me. He has more for you. He's not done with you. When you come here, you, you know, you thought, you, okay, I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through the motion. No, God knew you were going to be here tonight. And he wants, you to tell, he wants to tell you, stop wasting time. I'm still waiting for you. Let me pour into you. But you got to open yourself up. You have to want it. You have to want God to pour into you. You have to allow him to because you can shut yourself uh, off and, and you won't allow him to move. He'll be here at the altar pouring into one and want to pour into you, but you're shut off, so he goes to the next. Allow him. Open up your heart. Allow him to pour in more wine, more new wine for you. Amen? Amen. I ask you tonight, are you living the life God called you to? Stop living the ordinary life that you've been used to and live the extraordinary life that God called you to. He has so much more for you. Even if you think you're blessed now, there's more. There's more for you. Uh, I heard it said one time, fly with the eagles and don't cluck with the chickens. I almost said don't cluck with the ducks, but the chickens. In other words, fellowship with like-minded believers who ultimately want God's best. That's who you need to be around. Be around those that are seeking God, you know, wholeheartedly. They want all that God has. When you do that, it's contagious. When you, when you see God moving in their life, you want some of that. Rub them a little bit. Come on, get close to me. I want some of that blessing. Let me have some of that blessing. It's there for you, but you have to want it. You have to want it. Make every day count. You see, you may be new here in the Lord, but you're holding back. The reason why you are, you don't mean to do it, but you don't know what you have to do. You don't, know, you don't know how to be a part of the church. You have to, the first thing to do is allow God to you open up and say, God, use me. And I would say that if you're new to this church, if you've never surrendered, that's the first part. And once you do that, just be expecting God to move into you. Allow him to fill you with new wine. And let me ask you this. If you're seasoned in the Lord and you might have become stagnant or complacent or you're just holding back because maybe there's been some offense or some church hurt, I would tell you that don't stay there. Allow God to pour new wine and not into an old wineskin, but to a new refreshed wineskin. That's why we come here and we have service because when you come here and you feel beat up and you feel hurt, you come here and you say, Lord, I want all that you have. But you know what? Get rid of this ugly stuff that I'm holding on. I want to pour it out of me. I want the new stuff poured in. And you surrender and say, Lord, come in. Give me all that you have. I, I like the Apostle, Apostle Paul, you know, if you, you know when, you, when you read his books and you, you see near the end of his life 
when most people were looking to, to settle down, to sit in a rocking chair or just cruise into the end of life, that, that's where he steps up. And that's where he knows he's not done yet. See, he thinks that, you know what, uh, uh, um, uh, it, 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 I've been going through all this stuff. And he's gone, he, he went through some trials and persecution. But he says this in Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 13 and 14. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on the one thing, not Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. Say press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, uh, uh, God through Jesus Christ is calling us. See, look, Paul wasn't caught up in the success of the success of the past, and he wasn't defeated by his past failures. You know, he wanted to learn. He wanted to learn more. He wanted more, and we're supposed to do that. Learn from your past. Don't live there. Don't live in the past anymore. God has so much more for you. Don't look back. Look forward to what he has. You see, Paul, he, Paul lived that way. He knew the past was behind him, and he knew the future had much for him. So he had a clear understanding of what was there in the future. He had a goal, and he knew he wasn't finished yet. I challenge you today, you're not finished yet. You're still here, and God has more for you. <laughs> lastly, lastly, in that verse, he's saying, you know, he wants to make the most of his present time right now. Right now that you're here, right now, he says, I want to press on to reach the end of the race. I want Right now, I want to press on. I want to press on to reach the end. See, he wasn't content that he already accomplished great things. He wasn't waiting to see what else came his way. He knew he had to pursue what God, was, God had for him. He knew that God had more. He wanted to redeem the time. He wanted to say, Lord, I know you're not done with me yet. I know there's great things here, but right now I'm ready for you right now. Right now, you have to say, right now I press in. I press on to what you have. I, I know there's, there's more for me. I know I have to keep going. I'm not finished yet. You're not finished yet, church. You're not finished yet. God has so much more for you. Are you still pursuing God? We got to keep pursuing God. We got to keep. We can't stop. We can't grow weary. We can't waste time because God is waiting for you to say, right now, I need to press on. I need to press on. Listen to what he writes in, in 1 Corinthians. And I'm, I got a little ways to go still. Woo. I'm trying to go fast because I wanted to crunch this all in. But bear with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 10 through 15. It should be up on the screen there. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already lay, have in Christ Jesus. Anyone, any. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like, somebody, like someone barely escaping through a wall of, of flames. I ask you, are you building your foundation? If so, what are you building with? If you're doing what God has called you, what are you building with? See, have you taken the time to invest those, those precious materials, or are you just tossing in wood and hay just because it's too much to invest in those? See, on judgment day, what will the fire reveal about the time you've invested? Did you do all you could? Honestly, listen to me. Did you do all you could for the Lord? It's easy to become complacent. It's easy to say, I'll do it tomorrow. But Paul says, I press on now because I know I'm not finished with the race. There's more race to run. I tell you that. Do, will the fire consume what you invested? See, the Bible makes it very clear that the builders who works is burned up will be saved, but barely escaping through a wall of flames. See, we need to be careful through our complacency, our comfort, that we don't become a builder just throwing in, throwing in the hay and the wood. 
when Christ returns, he's just not coming back for salvation. He's coming back with a reward for each of you. He's coming back. We need to live carefully, not like fools, but wisely. And that's not me. That's Bible, right? In Ephesians chapter 5. So, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in the evil days. Are you making the most of every opportunity or are you wasting time? Have we forgotten that we're in the last days and his return is imminent? See, are, are we living like that time is imminent, like, like with, with us going into San Antonio, Texas? Are, are, you, are you trying to reach as many people as you can to let them know, hey, this is what's going on. Jesus is coming back. You need to be ready. Are you living with that sense of urgency because that's what we need? And you know what? And I'm there with you. I didn't realize, you know, how much I needed to do before we left. And I'm like, we got to do so much. We're so busy. We're going to dinner with people different nights of the week. And there's no time for anything else because we want to say bye to everybody. We want to spend time with them, you know, because we're going to leave and we don't know when we're coming back. Well, I, I know when I'm coming back because I have to work out here. But <laughs> I don't know when my wife's coming back. Sorry, babe. <laughs> I tell you, can I have the musicians come up as I'm ready to wrap up here? Just kidding, babe. I'll bring you with me. Sometimes. Whenever you want. Have we forgotten that we're in the last days? See, maybe you're new, and, and, I, and I say this uh, just because if you've never experienced, you know, just the touch of God, if you've never experienced an encounter, you know, it's times like this when you open up your heart that he pours in. It's time when we're in a, a midweek service and, and, and you're hearing the word go through. You've had, you've had an awesome time being here in the worship. It's time like this that you open up your heart so he could pour into you. Don't pass those times up. No one is promised tomorrow. And, and, and there's a sense of urgency that you should live with. Don't be so casual about it. It's easy to become casual because you know what? We live in the world and the world is that way. It's all about me, right? What's good for me? What makes me happy? What's going to make me money? What's going to do this to me? What's going to bless me? But we know the true one blesser. That's Jesus. And we have to live like he's coming soon. Amen. Maybe, maybe you're like Paul tonight. Maybe you're like Paul, and maybe you have a clear understanding of your path. You know that you don't want to go back there. And you know that the future is great because you're saved tonight. You know that. But have you been delivered from that, that old person in the past? You know, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're a leader in this place, and, 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 you're, and you're comfortable where you're at and what you're doing for God, but God has so much more for you, but have you asked? See, I would say this to you right now. You may know your past, and you know the future's bright, but what are you doing now in your present when you're living for the Lord? Are you making the most of every opportunity? I say this to you, church, because I've been there, and I remember right before harvesters, I didn't know we were getting sent out this year. And I, I truly didn't. I remember talking to Pastor Isaac and on Thursday night, and I'm like, you know what, Pastor Isaac? Uh, I just feel like I don't want to sound like egotistical, but I, I, have, I feel like God has so much more for me. You remember that conversation? He has so much more for me, but, you know, soon, I don't know when, maybe next year. And then I get the call. I was like, wow, babe. The last time I did that, I, I, I said I want more of God, and we became Bible study leaders. And she's like, well, can you quit asking for things? No, I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. <laughs> No, she didn't say that. She said, it's when you become vulnerable and say, 
I know, God, you have more for me, and I'm ready for what you have for me. Pour in the new wine and, and replace the old. And I'm going to read these last couple of scriptures. I want you to know this, that Jesus' return is imminent. And when, you, when you're patiently waiting and you know that who he is and, and you're living for him and you're making the most of opportunity, be excited about it. In James 1, uh, James 1, verse 12, it says, God blesses those who patiently endures testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. God has that for you. You in this place, God has it. And it says this in Revelation 22, 12. And I'm going to read this scripture to you. Uh, it says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning of the end. That's who you serve tonight. Oh, you can give God some praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. See, I say this because I've been there, and I know some of you are there still. When you think about it, if you're new, if you've been coming a little while, have you completely opened up your heart for the Lord to press in or, or to pour in? You just have to ask, Lord, I want more. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know I want more. And allow him, be vulnerable to what the Lord has for you. He, he will get you through anything. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.